I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Due to the coronavirus, uh, we're all staying at home, and that is causing some problems because we're all feeling a little bit of stress, and it's actually increased the number of domestic violence calls to the Salt Lake City Police Department by 33%. With me today is licensed clinical psychologist Dr. Liz Hale. And Dr. Hale, we're all so stressed, but I guess if there's already extra stressors in your home, problems that you're dealing with, that exacerbates the problem. Boy, doesn't it, though? I mean, just thinking of of families, parents helping their children do schoolwork, and they're not used to doing that all day, right? Um, The financial strain of jobs that have been abruptly ended, that's a really big deal for a lot of families. Oh, it is. That's enough just to tip any of us us over the edge. Um, Even our children are confused. Sometimes, and this is getting better, I realize, but they've been upset usually seeing the usually stocked grocery shelves suddenly look sparse. Mm -hmm. And all their social activities come to a complete halt. If we were just to set domestic violence aside for a moment, we all have these varying needs for autonomy, right? Closeness, separation, personal time, personal space. And there isn't much of that these days. No. And I'm really encouraging all the couples I work with to have these discussions with each other, with each child. Um, What do you need for peace and alone time? Take turns giving each other a gift of space and solace. Maybe somebody goes out in the garage and works on a project, or another person takes a solo drive for an hour if that's what's needed and enjoyed. Flexibility is truly the key to mental health. So be willing to give and to take and be extra kind because we're all a little on edge. Right. So maybe if we just step back when we're feeling even more tense than normal, uh, about about to break. I guess I can use yep, that word. That's right. Uh, step back, take a minute, take a deep breath, and then think of some other ways to handle that stress. I, I love that. Just take a take a um, a pulse of your own stress and irrit- irritability level. And one of my favorite things to say is that motion is the best way to deal with emotion. So get moving. Put on some great tunes. Dance your heart out as a family. That happens to be the secret sauce of my own home and has been for quite some time. You know, for someone who's in a domestic violence situation, um, leaving is probably the most dangerous time. So it's really important to think that plan out. And we have so many great resources. We're going to get to those at the end of our time together. But I think nothing is, is hard, well, other than being in the situation yourself, nothing is harder than to see someone who's in that situation. No doubt about it. Or a yes, member? and now that we're isolated, we aren't even seeing 
Ugh. our loved ones that's, and being able to see those warning signs. That's right. That's right. It's so critical, crucial to support a survivor. And I call it a survivor because someone who's in that situation, living with an abuser, uh, whether it's male, female, um, old, young, right, comes in every size and shape, sadly, uh, they're, they're surviving every day. They don't choose to leave necessarily. Sometimes they do because it is so dangerous to leave. So we need to support them wherever they're at, right, and have them trust themselves. It's stressful. And remind yourself, you can't make a decision for someone else, but you can encourage their well-being. You could help them devise a safety plan for staying and a safety plan when they leave, as well as continue self-care. Yeah, I think you, you're you mentioning a really big point here, though. It is time mm-hmm. to reach out by phone. We can still talk to each other by phone and have, you know, conversations that will really help those around us. That's right. Staying connected is so, so key. Seeking alternatives, you know, for going back to that safety plan a little bit. Where am I going to go when I do go? When I have that window of time and I need to get out and get my children out, I think our wonderful resource in our in our area, probably our country, even is 211. We have probably the most incredible shelters in place in our community than ever before here in Salt Lake City. The YWCA is also a wonderful resource. If you find that shelters are unavailable for some reason, they're booked because of this coronavirus, consider staying in a motel or even in your vehicle or check with a family and friend if you can stay there unless you fear that they too will become a target and never hesitate to call 911, of course. And that's our most extreme cases. Uh, Absolutely. Um, They can at least help get you to a shelter. Right. Right. Um, But stick to the self-care. I don't think we can stress that enough for any of us going through life today. I know it sounds so simple. And we find it, though, especially as women, really difficult to practice. It's to take that time for ourselves. We're so busy caring for everyone else. It's especially difficult, I think, for survivors um, and victims of of domestic violence. How do they practice that self-care? How do they really go about um, making sure that they are getting what they need personally? Right, right. right. That's so key. I think it's, it goes very much to the rest of us. Of how are we eating? Are we taking good care of ourselves? Now, I'm not trying to spread a rumor here, but I thought it was so interesting in one of the interviews with a doctor last night on one of the national shows mm-hmm. talking about the levels of coronavirus amidst those that have high diabetes or pre-diabetes, high blood sugar. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. And yet that's the thing I want to turn to when I'm stressed is sugar. Right. It's and probably, I have. Yeah. I have too. And it's probably the worst thing to do for us. So it's just kind of that interesting connection. I don't know what will come of it, if it will really mean something, but try to eat as nutritionally as possible. If you can get outside for a walk, ah, wonderful. Do that. Um, or exercise inside. Again, put great tunes on and do tunes in rather and do jumping jacks or push-ups. Do those things that just keep you mentally sound. Grab a journal if it's safe to grab a journal. Write down some of the, and document some of the, the, um, the, the times of abuse and what happened so that you could use that if you need to one day. Mm-hmm. Against well, and there's something cathartic about writing things down anyway. That is I know so when true. I have gone through some really tough times, and I admit I, I love to write, but um, I do turn to my writing to find solace. Oh, I think that's, that's such a gift. That's such a gift if you have that. Creating a safety plan, we mentioned that just a little bit. Again, it's for anyone of, of any age, both men and women. Um, but have a safety plan when there's an explosive incident. Maybe that means having a bag packed and ready for you just to grab. Keeping your phone with you at all times as best you can. 
practicing how you're going to escape your home, your home, maybe devise a code word that you tell your children or your grandchildren or a neighbor if you need them to flee or call the police, planning where you're going to go if you do leave home, and just trust your judgment. Again, that person on the front lines, Maria, they need to consider anything and everything that will keep them safe and give them time to figure out what to do next. Sometimes it is best to leave, and sometimes it's best to stay and placate the abuser. Do whatever it takes in that moment to keep yourself and your children safe. Right. One thing I want to go back to is the trust your judgment. Yes. That seems to be a very difficult thing right now with so many things swirling around for all of us. That, to me, would be probably the most difficult thing. Just to kind of go inside and trust that gut. Mm -hmm. Uh, But especially those people who are the survivors of something like domestic violence, boy, they, they have sharpened their instincts they are probably some of the most aware people I've ever worked with because they, they live it day in and day out, and they know it. They can feel what's about to go up, right? right? They know what's going to set somebody off. So they've really learned how to fashion themselves in such a way to, to try and stay safe and to keep their kids safe. I'm impressed with that. That's very interesting. I'm impressed with that. But it's so easy for the rest of us who are not in a situation of domestic violence to say, just leave. It's not easy. Far more it's difficult. It's very than that. complicated, difficult oh, on so many levels. And then I think a lot of us don't really even understand that abuse is about power and control. And COVID 19 is just one more external force an abuser can use over his victims in an already stressful time, right? A man or woman, an abuser, can withhold insurance cards or prevent someone from seeking medical attention, if you can believe it. They may withhold sanitizers or disinfectants. Um, They can share misinformation to increase a survivor's fear and anxiety. They can use the pandemic to prevent them from seeing family members and say, I won't let you leave because you're going to get that and then bring it back to me. Um, This pretty some horrific things, right? For those survivors, it seems there would be great knowledge in recognizing that it is about power. And that is what's happening. And so that they can react in a more appropriate or safer manner, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. There, there's really some great literature on domestic violence. I think it's a good time for someone in that situation to, to read about it, to reach out. Again, I think we have more support today than ever before. The National Domestic Violence Hotline, there's a number, if I could share it. It's 1-800-799-7233. Someone can even text the words love is to 22522, love is 22522, or log on to org. Utah link line is, that number is 1-800-897-5465 as well. So important to share those in a time when people do feel isolated, they do feel alone, but they're not alone. But they're not. That's the most important thing. People know this, right? They know domestic violence. We understand the cycle of abuse. You don't have to stay in that. You can get educated and you can get away as well. There are people there to help you. Thank you so much for being here today. Take good care, Maria.